A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey guys, I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much To Say. But don't go asking questions that you don't want answers to. I've got too much to say. Now tell it all to you. Yeah. Okay, I'm officially back from Los Angeles, back in Nashville, and I missed my cats so much. I uh, It was very nice to sleep in my own bed. I had a lot of fun in California, and I mean... Honestly, I'm obsessed with Los Angeles, but being back with Sam and my little fur babies feels really good. So I was on Instagram over the weekend and, you know, on your explore page, you'll get all these like different suggestions and like you click on one and it sends you down a rabbit hole of a particular topic. Mine is frequently like makeup, the Enneagram, and then the Enneagram has triggered some sort of self-help explore page situation and... A lot of it has to do with friendships, and I think there's something a little odd going on. And there's a little bit of overusage of therapy speak, in my personal opinion, happening on TikTok and Twitter, and everybody thinks they're a professional. And the term gaslighting isn't somebody disagreeing with you, it's somebody intentionally trying to make you question reality. Um, The term toxic, calling someone a toxic person, isn't when your friend lies to you one time it's when somebody has like a method methodological methodological you know what I mean they have like a a very intentional plan to make you upset and narcissists are you can have like a bout of narcissism or like be a little bit like full of yourself but that doesn't mean like you're a narcissist who literally can't feel anything and it's sort of trivializes these big words that are important to be able to articulate what abusers do, but they're not to be used for your fucking friend who's going through a hard time and like messed up. And like you, you can't just say things are abusive. It's not fair. And so I, and and I use those terms. I just try to be really careful because I know what it's like to see extreme examples of these things and true examples of them. And so it's like when you see people 
trivializing these terms. It's really frustrating. So I kind of wanted to talk about that, especially in the context of friendships and quotes that I've seen on the internet. And if you want, there's this thing called confirmation bias. And it's basically like, if you believe a certain thing, you will go find information that backs up your opinion. And that's the problem with Facebook and algorithms is because if you like a bunch of Trump pages on Facebook, you're going to get fed a bunch of Trump information. And then, I mean, it's like in the the movie, The, uh, the Social Dilemma, which I watched in 2020. Fascinating. But it's like, it keeps showing you this stuff. And so then you're never seeing like an opposite viewpoint. And the same thing happens to me when I'm given like, you know, liberal journalism and stuff like that. And sometimes I'll find myself and I'm like reading it and I'm like, this doesn't read like news. This reads like an opinion piece. And that's different. If I want to read an op-ed, then I'll read an op-ed. But if I want to know factually what's going on in Congress, I kind of want to know factually. And, um, you know, I just, I'd want it broken down for me with the facts, not some douchebag's opinion. I can form my own. And so like in moments like that, I'll go to this website called mediabiasfactcheck.com. And you can see how far a publication leans in either direction and also their like reputability as far as percentage of their stuff that's that's lies and some stuff's really, really high. Um, but so when you take something like that and apply it to these Instagram mental health circles, you quickly get confirmation bias that you're not the problem and you can never be the problem ever, ever, ever. And you'll have yourself thinking that every single person around you is toxic and they're an abuser and they're narcissistic and everybody in your life who's ever wronged you that you've dated is, has narcissistic personality disorder. And it's like, that's very real. People have that. Um, everybody who cheats on you isn't a narcissist. They suck. I think we're forgetting that sometimes people can suck without clinically sucking. Like you can just fucking suck. And we all have sucked at some point in our lives. And we've all been toxic. Have we been a toxic person indefinitely that can never change? No. But have we all done something toxic to somebody at some point in time? Absolutely. And my personal philosophy is that you really don't owe anybody anything other than respect. And... I will stand by that. I think that you really don't owe people your time. You don't owe them your energy. You don't owe them your presence. You just owe them respect in how you deliver that news if you're not going to do something. And I think that obviously that kind of changes like in, um, I don't know, like obviously like you, you would want to help your family a little bit more. You'd want to help your significant other, your best friend. Um, but if you really feel like you don't owe anybody anything, you don't, but if you want to keep them in your life, then you have to, you know, do things for them. But you don't technically owe them anything. Um, just respect. That's it. Like, people don't even necessarily deserve your kindness, but they deserve your respect. And those are two completely different things. And that's how I treat my songwriting. If I'm going off on an angry rant in a song, you know, it's I have the respect for these people who've been shitty to me. I have the respect to not lie about them. I have the respect to tell the truth and at least not stoop to their level and, you know, tell things that aren't true. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my philosophy. So we're going to go into on the next segment, some things that, um, I've read on these self-help things that I've really just kind of disagree with. And uh, yeah, we'll be right back. Hey girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. 
In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then... Fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because, God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I saw this TikTok today and it was a girl who was posting and saying, all my friends who've stuck by me, even though I'm in a toxic relationship and like disappear for long periods of time, like you're amazing. And like that, that's a fair statement. I'm really glad she appreciates her friends for doing that. But then in the comments, people were like, yeah, I mean, I've lost my best friend of 10 years because I'm in a toxic relationship. And the girl was commenting back being like, well, they weren't your real friends anyways. It's like... Um, mm, okay, that's, that gets murky for me. Uh, the whole concept of a fair weather friend, like 
Yeah, that's that's a real thing. If you have a friend who's always there for the party and never there for the breakdown, then you know maybe reevaluate that friendship or put fewer expectations on it and realize that that might not be one of your long term deep friendships. It might just be a surface level one. But the concept of if they don't stick with you through the bad times, they're a fair weather friend and it's not a real friendship. Well, okay, but also when it comes to a toxic relationship. It is nobody's choice to be abused or mistreated. It is, like, aside from violence and and threatening and all that, which is a very different situation, um, but aside from extreme examples like that, you, you can leave. You can fucking leave. And I've left before. You can leave. I really think it's it's really draining on your friends if you need to complain about something 24-7, but you refuse to do anything about it. And I think that that comes up the most often when it comes to dating. And I've had a lot of friends who just want to sit around and talk about how awful their boyfriend is. And it's like, okay, well, break up with them. And then they look at you like you're speaking a different language. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, I don't know what you want me to say. Like, do you want me to just, like, I can just listen for sure. But at some point, you know, you're really, really draining me. And it's okay for me to distance myself from that if it's becoming really draining. And I had this one friend who, um, okay, this was when my sister died. So January of 2019. And she was dating this guy who was honestly just kind of immature, but she was always psychoanalyzing it. And like, really, he just, it just wasn't right. And he was immature and did things that weren't nice, but he wasn't a narcissist and he wasn't toxic. And even she would say that, but she'd complain all the time and she wasn't happy. She wasn't fulfilled sexually. She wasn't fulfilled romantically. I was just like, I don't know why you're with him. If you don't like him, you you literally don't like this guy. He doesn't meet any of your needs, like just leave. And she would come over and have a breakdown, like probably once a week about this. And I just was starting to get really, really sick of it. And then, um, one day she was coming over and my, my sister had just died like a couple, like I found out a couple hours before and she was coming over, but I was like, I'm not going to tell her in a text. I'll tell her when she gets here. And when she got to my apartment, I was like, Hey, like, I want to tell you something. And she's like, Oh my God, I want to tell you something too. And just goes off fucking running about how he like, it was some shit like, um, didn't want to spend the night at her house and only wanted to spend the night at his house. And she's just going on and on and on. And I'm trying to like not interrupt. And like, I would have had to like yell to get her to stop. And she finally slowed down. And I was like, Hey, I want to get back to this. I know this is important to you, but like, I just wanted to let you know that like my sister just died. And she was like, Oh my God. And you know, we talked about that for a second and then immediately shot back into the boyfriend stuff. And I was just like, Oh, okay. So I think a fair weather friend is someone who's not there for you when your sister dies, but a fair weather friend who gets tired of you bitching about your shitty boyfriend that you literally don't like. Um, I don't think that's a fair weather friend. I think that's very, very fair. And you need to consider what weight your situation might be putting on those around you. Not to mention if you are talking about how you're in a toxic abusive relationship with a friend who was in a toxic abusive relationship, that could be really triggering for them and really upsetting, especially because they're going to feel helpless again because they can't help you because you're not leaving. So they're going to feel the same way they felt in that relationship, which is trapped and in danger on behalf of you. And obviously like that's, you should be able to be there for your friends and stuff. And if your friend is in a similar situation to one you've been in, you're, that's a, you're a good person to be there for them. I'm 
only talking about when a friend really, really abuses the privilege of a shoulder to cry on. I also see a lot of quotes that are like, I'm done bending over backwards for people that won't do that for me. And that is absolutely fair. And I've done that before for sure. But also some of the times that I've done that, I've had to look at myself and be like, okay, um, they wouldn't do that for me, but have they ever asked me to do that for them? Have they ever expected it of me? Or am I just assuming their needs and going out of my way to do these things for them that they don't actually care about me doing? And at this point too, Am I bending over backwards for them or am I meddling? Am I trying to get them to do something because I think it's a good idea for them without actually asking how they feel about it? Is it fair for me to resent them for not doing anything for me when I do a lot of things for them if they never asked? And that's a really important question to ask yourself as well. And I think in a lot of situations that I found myself in and listened to other people talk about that phrase, the, you know, I'm done. They wouldn't do that for me. So like I'm done treating them like well and stuff. It's been that case where it's like, okay, but they didn't ask you to. Now, if somebody's asking you all the time to like pick up their dry cleaning and listen to them cry for two hours and give them a ride and, um, you know, help them hang the curtains at their house for two hours while they sit there and stare at you while you do it. That's not a real life example. What are you talking about? Um, if somebody's doing that, yeah, you, you really like, you should stop because they wouldn't do the same thing for you at all. And that's unfair. And I've had friendships like that and they are fucking draining. They're so fucking draining. And, um, but you need to know the difference and understand if you're like assuming people's needs and, and kind of, overstepping boundaries in order to do things for them like a lot of people have trouble asking so it's one thing to be like hey do you want to ride to the airport and you give them a ride to the airport and they're like oh that's so nice of you like I wouldn't have thought to ask but then it's like the next day are you like I drove them to the airport and like they didn't even like they didn't even offer to bring me to the airport and like blah 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 blah. it's like okay but they didn't ask you to but if they asked you to then that's a different story you also can't expect people to read your mind that's like that's not cool at all there's also a, a theme that I've seen, another thing that was like, well, if this has happened, like if this is a trend with this person and they frequently lose people and don't have any friendships that stick around, then they must be the problem. And It's like, well, um, that that's partially true. And that's where I find confirmation bias coming in for me because I have former friends who've really really pissed off a lot of people and pushed people away and I'm like well that's proof they're the problem but I've also pissed off a lot of people and pushed a lot of people away however I will say when it comes to like blaming myself I took a step back and I was like wow I have never once in my entire life been cut off by somebody and had them be like hey I need to put some distance between the two of us because you're sort of a toxic presence in my life and I think that it's healthiest for me if we don't hang out as much I've never had someone do that but I have done that a lot. <laughs> like I've done that a lot. And I also just like, if, if someone betrays me or, or lies to me or hurts me in a way that I can't emotionally handle at that point, and I don't have the energy to take on that problem, I'm just going to not hang out with them. And that's okay. And that's completely okay. So it's, it's kind of a tricky thing. So it's like, if this happened to them before, then they must be the problem. Well, you need to consider that people attract similar personality types throughout their life because they're comfortable 
with that personality type. And like, it's why girls date people that are like their fathers, whether it's good or bad. It's why, you know, I've had so many similar friends throughout my life who've been like this particular archetype of the spoiled rich girl who wants to fucking siphon from my trauma and then gets resentful about it and jealous and like sabotages my career. Like that's, that's a, that's an archetype that I've encountered more than two times, probably three times in my life since high school. And that's just been a thing that's happened to me. And so is that my fault? Am I the problem? Well, I definitely think that I had the control over stopping that cycle. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm going to evaluate my relationships and maybe not get close to people so fast. And that's okay. Um, you don't owe people like a glimpse into the depths of your soul. You absolutely don't. You are allowed to have surface level friendships until you feel safe to do otherwise. Um, I, I just think that we feel as a society way too entitled to other people. And also sometimes when you're feeling entitled to somebody and they're not able to deliver, it might not be that they're shitty. It might be that they're struggling with something mentally. So we're going to talk about that on the next segment. We'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. 
because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I, I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, if no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So a lot of things kind of point to mental illness, a lot of like shitty traits, and they might not even be shitty. And you also should like think about it. So a couple weeks ago, I had um, a friend who met a bunch of my other friends and they were like, uh, their takeaway from that, they were like, oh, wow, like that person was a lot like they were a lot really high energy and like kind of like sort of irritating. And I was like, well, that person's autistic. And they were like, oh, okay, and yeah, like, they're not shitty. That's just how they handle themselves in social situations, and they were genuinely excited, and I think that maybe the problem was these people had interpreted that behavior as being fake and, like, ass-kissing, but genuinely it's that they were, like, this um, person with autism was really, really happy to be around them, and that's really sweet, and, like, it's just, it's important to know that, Um, and also... It's not somebody's responsibility to disclose to you what diseases um, or disorders they have. So, like, if someone has, I don't think bipolar would be, bipolar is a disorder. I don't think any of these are considered diseases. I'm messing up the verbiage, but I know, like, it's autism spectrum disorder and ADHD and bipolar and anything like that. It's like, they, they do get to act differently because that's their brain. And if you understand their intentions behind it, like they might be there. One of the things I really appreciate about my friends with autism is that they're really fucking straightforward. There's no, and everybody on the spectrum is different, but these particular people that I'm close to in my life, you never have to question anything. There's no lines to read between. They say exactly what they're thinking. And that's actually a really, really, that makes me feel very safe with them because they're not going to lie to me. They might actually be physically incapable of lying to me. And I love that. And it's also like if they're feel closed off or react to something interesting, like in a different way, they're not, you don't have to try to dissect it. It's literally that they're like overstimulated. You don't have to be like, Oh my God, are they being passive aggressive to me? Because they're, they're not, they, they're just going to tell you the truth. And I wish we could all be more like that. Um, but so it's like, a lot of these these traits that we read about on Instagram, like it's like if they're interrupting you or they're bad at responding or they cancel plans and leave early, like they're a toxic friend. It's like, no, they probably just have a neurological disorder and um, those are all symptoms of ADHD. And so I have a hard time with interrupting. I do it a lot. Um I think part of what might reinforce that with me is that I write songs and when you're in a writing room, you kind of have to interrupt because if you get an idea, you need to get it out really quickly and people are talking over each other and it's 
a lot, but it's also the dynamic of what I do for a living. So I spend so much time doing that and being in a space where it's completely okay to interrupt. When I'm outside of that space, sometimes I forget that it's rude. And so I have to focus really, really, really hard to not do that. Um, on the same side of things though, I don't, I don't care when people interrupt me and I try to, when I interrupt, always remember what that person was saying so that we can circle back to it. And I'm sure that's annoyed people and I'm sure that's pissed them off. And I just, I don't know what to tell them because I'm going to, I'm going to get back to what you're saying and I'm going to listen. It's just like, I literally will say something and then my brain five seconds later will be like, don't say that too late. Being bad at responding. This is like, this one drives me fucking insane when people feel entitled to my time 24 7 um and when they don't get a text back and they get angry I don't mind when people double text me I actually really appreciate when somebody follows up with me because I'm I know I'm bad at responding and it's helpful for me to have a reminder so that doesn't bother me it's the acting like I'm being rude on purpose and sometimes I'm just busy Like I've had people get upset with me for not responding to a text in an hour and I was driving for that entire hour. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not looking at my fucking phone. I'm listening to a podcast. I'm trying to get from point A to point B without dying. There's a million signs on the road that say don't text and drive. So, okay, I'm not going to text and drive. So next time you want to get angry at somebody for not texting back, if they could reasonably be in the car for that period of time, like definitely, definitely calm down. Also, I just feel like my text, I don't get my notifications. I don't know what setting I have it on, but I will just completely miss things and just have no idea that they existed until three days later when I scroll down and I'm like, what? It's, um, it's, uh, it's hard. And I, I feel like people get angry at me about that a lot. I'm just not really sure what to do. And so I think part of it is, definitely having ADHD and I get really overstimulated by my phone. Um, I don't like just scrolling on my phone. Like Sam, my boyfriend, his vice is going on TikTok and Instagram and just scrolling indefinitely. And my phone vice has always been like games, which I recently deleted every single game off my phone because I was like, this is not a healthy use of my time. And now I've started sketching again and doing drawings and I'm really, really proud of them. And that feels so much better because at least it's like a creative skill. And so like the only app I have on my phone that's recreational is a sketchpad app. So I can like draw when I have my phone and not all my art supplies. And, um, but so I feel really overstimulated by my phone and that's why those are my only vices on there. So I'm not, I'm not on social media. I'm not looking at stuff. And a lot of times I try to, I try to lose my phone for hours at a time. I really prefer to do that. It feels so good and so freeing to just put my phone down and realize like three hours later that it's been in another room the whole time. Like I love that. And I think that that's really healthy. And so when people get upset with me for doing that, I'm like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm probably, I think I could get better at responding to people. I also think I need a new number because I think too many people have it and too many people need things from me. Like right now I have 329 text messages and that's a majority of that are people who need something from me. And I just, I don't have 329 things to give people. So I just don't know what to do. But does that make me a bad friend? No, it makes me really, really busy and um, over overwhelmed and also have means I have attention deficit disorder. So I, I don't know 
like I, I get so frustrated with people in that situation. Um, and then another thing that I know that I do that's frequently painted as a toxic friend trait is I'm late a lot. Um, I try so hard to be on time and it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. I don't know where the time goes. There's this thing called time blindness that I absolutely have. And I try to have good time management skills. I just simply don't. And no matter how hard I try or how much effort I put in, like at this point in my life, I think it's pretty clear to myself and the people around me that I have no problem hustling and trying and working hard. And I can work for 16 hours in the studio and playing a show and just like not stop. But it's, it's just like the time management thing and also like traffic and I never plan for it. And I always think it's going to take me less time to get somewhere. And I'm also normally packing things back to back to back. So if I'm late to my second, right, it's because I booked it right after my first right of the day. And that's just not, it's done. It doesn't work. And I always think there's going to be more hours in the day than there are, but that doesn't mean I'm a shitty friend. It means I'm I'm trying my fucking best. I really am. And so I don't really know what to say when people complain about that either. I know it sucks and like having the friend that you can count on to be late is annoying. But also if somebody makes it really clear to me that it's important to be on time, like I will be. But if I know there's any flexibility whatsoever, I'm going to be late. I just, I just am. Um, and also it's like when someone's late to meet up with you somewhere, it's, and, and it's because they're busy, like they still took time out of their day to see you because they wanted to and tried to fit you in. And a lot of times, like my days are just completely booked up. And yeah, there's an hour and a half that I could fit in somewhere to do something, but I shouldn't. I should probably take that time to like sit by myself and drink tea and eat, answer emails and I don't know, maybe eat lunch or something. But I, I'll choose to like hang out with the right person if it's somebody that I really want to see. And so when I'm late to that, it's like I didn't actually have that hour and a half in the middle of my day. Like I really didn't, but I, I tried and I like carved out a time to do that. So it's, it's hard when I see people like really angry about friends who are late everywhere. Um, also on like another thing about mental illness is um, it's, it's not toxic if your friend just because your friend cancels plans. Like, if they're doing it to be shitty, yes. But canceling plans and leaving early, like, leaving places early, is typically a sign of other things. Like, if your best friend leaves your birthday party so that they can go on a date with a Tinder guy that they've never met before, that's rude for leaving early. But if your best friend leaves your birthday party early because they're really fucking sad and they're barely holding it together and they need to go cry, then that's fine. That's literally fucking fine. And it just, it's so, it's so hurtful when you have a friend who expects that much of you during a hard time. And, um, also we all have birthdays. We're not special. Every single one of us has a birthday and we have it every single year. So I will never get mad if people can't make it to my birthday. I just, it's like, I'd love for them to, but if they can't, there's always another year and there's going to be other people there with me. So there's just, I feel like we expect too much of people and back to my, you know, thesis statement from this episode is we don't owe anybody anything other than respect and don't call people toxic if they're not toxic. You will absolutely know the difference and um, it just, I reading all this stuff today on social media, I was just like rolling my eyes so far back into my head and there's things on this podcast people are going to disagree with me on and I respect that, but um, 
that is my philosophy. That's how I really feel. And I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is too much to say. I'll see you next week. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. Join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.